Thursday, August 26th, 2021. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE, answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, emergency room doctors have been on the front lines of wave after wave after wave of the pandemic. There's a lot of frustration from our end. The fact that, you know, it's been a year and a half and we're kind of still in the same boat. You know, it's, it's like we take one step forward and two steps back with this pandemic. We'll hear from an Atlanta area emergency room doctor about weathering the current wave of the pandemic. That's next. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. The world has changed from shifts in power to a mental health crisis. So with all this social change, how do we balance the human desire for empathy, the business need for productivity, and the hope to make an impact in our community? This is a new podcast, The Social Impact Leader. I'm Jeff Schinnebarker. Join me as we explore people doing work a little different. Available every Wednesday at wabe.org forward slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. W-A-B-E. Hey, y'all. I'm Mark Kendall. And I'm David Perdue. And we're the hosts of What's Good Atlanta, the new weekly comedy podcast from WABE. On What's Good Atlanta, we run down uplifting and unusual headlines from the universe known as Atlanta. And while we may not be journalists, we are comedians, and we'll be breaking down news and breaking down the stories that make you smile. We're just trying to see what's good, Atlanta. Episodes drop Fridays at WABE.org or wherever you get your podcasts. I get mine from a guy named Craig. Shout out to Craig. Mm -hmm. WABE. The current wave of the pandemic swamping hospitals now rivals the surge Georgia saw last winter, and emergency room doctors find themselves once again overwhelmed. N.R. is one such doctor at a large metro Atlanta hospital. We're withholding his and his hospital's name so he can speak freely about his experiences. He's with me now to discuss just what he's seeing these days. N.R., thanks for talking with me. Yeah, you're welcome. So I want to start just by having you tell me a little about the work you do, uh, where you work, how long you've worked there, and what you do there. I'm an ER physician, so I'm at a, a level two trauma center. So we deal with a lot of a lot of sick patients, a lot of trauma, and a lot of stroke MI patients as well, MI myocardial infarction, uh, heart attack patients. Uh, so pretty pretty busy ER. Um, and uh, been there for about the last five years or so. So what are things like for y'all these days, considering the current surge that we're seeing across the state and COVID-19 hospitalizations? We're definitely kind of stretched to our limit these days. You know, there's a big surge in, in ER visits, uh, a lot of COVID patients, and then you've got just our ERs usually busy anyways. And on top of that, you're adding a large volume of COVID patients. So we're definitely being stretched thin, not used to this kind of setting. And, you know, our nursing staff, physicians, everyone's just doing their best to try to accommodate this surge and 
do what we can for everyone and, and try to reduce wait times as much as we can. Well, and, and walk me through what a shift, I guess, looks like for you these days. Are you dealing specifically with COVID patients? What does that mean for your ability to help other people who might come in sick? Just kind of tell me really like on the ground what you're seeing. So and we are obviously over the last couple of weeks seeing a lot more COVID patients than, than we had been previously. You know, on an average shift, if I see about 20 patients, I'm probably seeing at least, you know, four to five COVID patients, you know, you're, you're seeing your regular patients and, and with the COVID patients on top of it, it's, you know, a lot of them are sick. A lot of them are acquiring beds sooner than, than others. And, you know, kind of trying to prioritize patients, you know, it can be a little bit tricky, uh, but, in, in, you know, in, we have to obviously see the sicker ones first. And sometimes they do end up being the COVID patients that are sicker. And, you know, we're just kind of trying to balance that out. But, you know, it's just, it's definitely increased our, the logistical um, issues at work, just trying to deal with, you know, the surge of patients and trying to reduce wait times as much as we can. But uh, it's been a challenge for sure. Say someone comes in for some non-COVID related emergency, are they having to wait longer or just because y'all are dealing with so many COVID patients? Some of them are. Uh, again, we, we prioritize our, our triage and depending on if somebody has abnormal vital signs and stuff, just like you know any, any ER does, they get priority, the sicker ones over other emergencies. And so there are some patients that are obviously having to wait a little bit longer um, than they normally would. And that can be frustrating and, like I said, challenging as well. But, you know, as, as, as a physician, though, I, I, my job is to take care of the sickest ones first, and, and that's kind of what we're doing. We've seen a lot of information recently just about who is getting sick enough with COVID-19 to need emergency room and hospital care. These are people who, for the most part, are unvaccinated. Is that what you're seeing in your emergency room? And what kind of conversations do you have with folks who come in needing emergency medical care for COVID-19 who aren't vaccinated? What we're seeing across most hospitals right now in ERs is more than 90% of COVID patients coming to the ER are not vaccinated. It's a question that I ask every COVID patient that I see and some of the non-COVID patients that I'm seeing too, just to kind of get a feel for things and maybe somehow if I can make a difference or somehow tell them something that may change their mind about it, you know, that, that would be helpful. But yeah, usually I, I will ask them if they're vaccinated. And like I said, majority of them are not at this time. Some of them, you can see the regret on their face, you know, when they're, when they're very sick. Um, others, you know, are just kind of like, get me through this. And then I guess they'll deal with it afterwards. And, but I do tell them all, especially the ones that I'm discharging or even the ones that get admitted, I try to tell them that, hey, you know, I'm not trying to preach to them, but I'll be like, you know, my recommendation would be that in a couple of months, you know, once their natural immunity starts to wane, uh, to go ahead and get the vaccine if they can for themselves and their family. Certainly, as a physician, you have a responsibility to care for patients. But I can't imagine that it is easy to have someone come in needing care who has not taken 
a step to protect themselves and, and keep them from needing that care. So just emotionally, how is it for you to have those conversations with people? How does it feel to have your emergency room so burdened by people who, who could have taken this step and maybe prevented this burden from happening in the first place? It is a dichotomy that I think myself and most of my colleagues deal with on a daily basis, how you know, a lot of these patients um, don't believe in, in medical or modern day medicine in terms of vaccines. But, you know, when they come to the ER, they're asking for experimental drugs like the monoclonal antibodies and, and other antivirals and medications that we can try to help them with and, and make them better. Um, it's just hard to really wrap my head around that. And, and a lot of, you know, a lot of us just don't get it. But it's the sad reality we're facing. Um, you know, unfortunately, I, I don't go there with my patients because, you know, my job again at that point in time is just to make them better and, and do whatever I can to prevent them from being admitted or minimize their hospital stay as, as much as we can. So there's a lot of frustration from our end. Um, there, there's a lot of, I wouldn't call it anger, but yeah, some people do, you do get angry about it as well, you know, when, when they see other patients are having to wait or the fact that, you know, it's been a year and a half and we're kind of still in the same boat, you know, it's, it's like we take one step forward and two steps back with this pandemic. And, you know, I think just mentally, a lot of people are just tired of it and, and want to move on. And I think that's kind of what we're dealing with right now. The vaccine, I think, is a great example of how our tools to address this pandemic have changed over time. From where you stand, I mean, how how has how, you know, an emergency room physician like yourself handles uh, COVID-19 patients? How has that changed since, since early in the pandemic? You know, in the beginning when the pandemic first started, there, there was a fear factor. A lot of us were afraid. We didn't understand this disease. I mean, even a year and a half later, I feel like we still don't fully understand this disease. But um, especially last March, you know, when things started, uh, we, we were afraid. You know, we, none of us wanted to get it. None of us wanted to take it to our family. It's one of those things you didn't know if you'd survive it if you got it. So there was that initial, with the initial surge, there, there was a big fear factor you know, once they kind of waned down, then we had another surge last summer in, in July. And, you know, we kind of expected that to happen, um, you know, once the things had eased down in terms of, you know, m you know, mass mandates and, and, and people being uh, and businesses opening up again. Um, but even with the July surge, there was still a little bit, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel where we knew vaccines were in, in the works and there was hope that they'd come out, you know, sooner than later. And, and, you know, when we had the next surge in, in December, January, um, we felt better about it just purely because we knew the vaccine was out now. And, and most of us at work had gotten it and, and received it. So we felt better in terms of at least going back home to our family members. And, you know, we felt like, you know, all year long, people have been waiting for this vaccine. And now that it was here, they'd be kind of jumping the line to go get it. And, you know, initially when it first came out, there were a lot of people, you know, were, were trying to find any way they could to get the vaccine. And, you know, eventually once those people got it and, you know, there was a significant drop off and, and now this surge, you know, we were reading about the Delta variant in, in Europe and, and other countries and, you know, I, 
we knew it was eventually going to make its way here, but the hope was, you know, that we'd have enough people vaccinated, that it wouldn't be as big of an issue as, as it has become now. And, you know, we're seeing numbers, you know, similar to what we were seeing in January when the vaccine really wasn't even out to the public then. So it's frustrating. And, you know, now it's like, well, what's next? You know, when, when is the next surge going to be if, if people continue unvaccinated at the rate that we're at right now? This is Did You Wash Your Hands? I'm Sam Whitehead, talking today with N.R., an emergency room physician at a large hospital in Metro Atlanta, about weathering the current wave of the pandemic. I mean, it seems almost like during these previous uh, spikes in cases, the vaccine was maybe something that, that gave you hope. But now that thing that might bring us out of this, that hope is maybe gone. Yes. I mean, that hope is, is definitely, you know, waning. And, you know, a lot of... Um, unvaxxers that, that I've spoken with are, you know, hard to convince. I mean, I've had this argument with several people, family, friends, and, and you know, it's, it's hard to convince them because unfortunately there's just so much information, misinformation out there in, in, you know, on the internet and other places that people can access. And, you know, for every positive thing that I might have to say about the vaccine or some sort of positive outcomes, I'll have like 10 negative outcomes to show me. And, you know, again, these aren't like, you know, coming from like Mayo Clinic or, or like Cleveland Clinic or some, you know, big research places, but they find these random studies or random, you know, cases here and there that, had a vaccine effect or something happened and, and, and or they had took some herbal stuff and, and got better magically with their COVID. So you, you're fighting a battle on two fronts. I mean, first, you know, you're dealing with it in the hospital, but then you're also dealing with it outside the hospital where you're trying to be an advocate for something that's going to get us out of this pandemic. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, are still not seeing that. I, I mean, part of me is like, you know what, we just can't convince them, you know, they're just, and, and my argument to a lot of these people is that, Hey, you know, they're like, Oh, it's my body. I should be allowed to put, decide what I want to put in it or not put in it. And, and, and I agree with that. Yes. Everybody has a right to do what they want, but I think we're past that stage now. It's not about your body anymore. It's about the rest of the rest of the world. It's about your kids your, your spouse, your, your parents. It's, it's, it's about your neighbors, your friends. It's, it's not just about you anymore. It's about other people's bodies and, and saving their bodies and protecting their lives. And so I'm trying to get people to think outside that, you know, and, and I mean, here's something, I mean, here's a shot that you could potentially take that could put us back to where we used to be, what was considered normal. And, you know, do we want our kids growing up and their childhood memories be of, of masks and vaccines and virtual schools and things like that? I mean, you know, we want them to live a normal life, too. And, and, and kids are, are so vulnerable still because there's still not the vaccine out there for them. I mean, under 12. So I hope that, you know, we can get through to, to a lot of these people and make them understand this is not about them anymore. It's, it's about the others and it's about just getting back to normal now. You've been working with patients now for a year and a half plus. Are there any, you know, patient stories that stick out to you? Any experiences you had with people sick with COVID-19 that have uh, really stayed with you? I mean, I've had some some sick ones, uh, especially during this recent surge, you know. And, and, and one more thing to point out, um, Sam, is that um, in this recent surge, we're seeing a lot of younger people, more younger people, because a lot of the older people over 65 are are vaccinated. So we're seeing a lot of 30, 40, 50 year olds now, even 20 year olds that are coming, you know, pretty sick. 
I've had a couple of young, healthy males that come in with the disease and it's just sad watching how they decompensate so quickly and you know you you feel kind of helpless you know even though they're not vaccinated but like I said I mean I'm you know I took an oath to help these people and I'm still passionate about what I do and I still want to help them despite you know they didn't take the vaccine but I still you know when you take a look at their their wives or their kids that are with them in the family room you know, you can't help but just feel all this compassion and, and you know, you just want to do what you can for them. And, and I've had a couple like that who, you know, we end up putting on a ventilator and, you know, having to talk to their to their wives and, and their children about what's going on and how their, you know, their loved one is in a very critical condition right now is it's, it's you know, it's, it's tear jerking. It's, it's, it's hard because um, you don't know if they're going to make it or not. I mean, you're hoping they are, but, you know, it's just uh, at that point, I mean, you know, I'll be honest with you, vaccines and all that, I'm not even thinking about at that point. It's just more about saving someone's life if I can and getting them back to their family, you know, and, and as they were before. So um, it's been tough. I mean, I've, I've had my own, you know, and I, we've all had our personal stories and, you know, I've, I've had my own, I've had colleagues that have been infected with this disease and, from work and, um, you know, some of our nurses and, and, and seeing them in the hospital, having to come to the hospital at times because they were very sick because of this. And so it, it's, it's definitely affected us all in some sort of way. And, you know, I think we're just kind of ready to be, be done. And, and like I keep saying, you know, I just want to get back to normal again. How are you still doing this work after all this time? What, what keeps you going? For me personally, I have a lot of friends at work, you know, a lot of the docs I work with are, you know, we're all good friends, we, we all get along great, and, you know, sometimes to me, I kind of look at work as, as a nice, um, you know, retreat at times, really, you know, where I, I've got people that I can, you know, we're all in it together, you know, we talk about sports, we talk about other things, and it's a nice little break at times, too, um, and, you know, same with the nursing staff, everybody's wonderful and, and very supportive, and, and you know, like I said, we, we just all feel a team, we're all in it together, and, um, you know, it's, it's I, I, this, you know, being in the ER, I mean, the one thing I loved about the ER and why I went into this this field was, you know, just the whole unknown. I mean, you know, the ER is a place where, you know, one minute I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with a cough cold, the next minute I could be dealing with a gunshot wound or, or someone else having a heart attack. So it's like you never know what your day is going to be like. You know, most people can say like, you know, I'm an eight to five job. I know how my day is going to be or my whole week's going to be. I, I don't know when I go to work. You know, it could be a slow day, it could be a busy day, and usually it's a busy day, but, you know, we don't know how it's going to be. And, and and that whole unknown factor of it is always, um, you know, to me, I've always, you know, it's attracted me to it. And, you know, initially, like I said, it was a little stressful when this all started. But now that we kind of understand COVID a little bit better, I think it's made it a little bit easier. You know, we kind of know exactly what to do, what not to do. Hopefully this is our last surge and, you know, things will slowly, you know, get back to normal. Hopefully we'll... Uh, be rid of this by the end of the year. What is your vision for kind of where things go from here? Do you think it will get better and, and, and how soon? So Dr. Fauci thinks it's going to be spring of 2022 before we get out of this. I think initially he said fall. Um, I think it may drag on. I think it will drag on until 2022. Um, I'm hoping by the next summer is when we're out of it. But 
Well, I'm hoping before that, but I, I think it may drag on until next summer. And, you know, I feel like vaccines are here to stay for, for a while. Um, you know, we're just going to have to get booster shots every, you know, six to nine months or, or hopefully they maybe just once a year. But either way, I think it's, it's, it's here to stay for now. And, and the COVID vaccine may stay even longer. Um, so, but yeah, that, that, that's what I think. It might be into sometime into 2022 before we're like fully out of this. N.R. is an emergency room doctor at a large hospital in Metro Atlanta. Did You Wash Your Hands? is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. WABE's managing editor is Alex Helmick. Scott Wolfel is chief content officer. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app. That's also where you can leave us a rating and a review. That really helps other people find the show. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.